Hello, friends and neighbors. Precious D here. We have a little something different this week. We had some scheduling issues, and rather than not put out an episode, I've decided to release this special episode that we were going to have as a Patreon exclusive, but we still haven't set up our Patreon. So we had it just sitting around, and I'm going to go ahead and release it to you And we'll be back on our regular schedule next week. So please enjoy this special episode featuring The Day the Earth Stood Still. One, two, three, four. Monster Movie. Fun Time Go! Monster Movie. Fun Time Go! Monster Movie. Fun Time Go! Monster Movie. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I'm one of your hosts, Precious D. And I'm one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Hi! This is one of our special episodes, a bonus. We're going to do a bonus series for patrons on Patreon, and then (laughs) later we'll release it to the general public. For our first bonus series, we are going to go through the lyrics of the song Science Fiction Double Feature and talk about each of the movies that is referenced in that song. Great idea. Thank you. Two of those movies we've already done episodes about, so I don't I don't know. You can just re-listen to those episodes when it's time. <laughs> or maybe we'll do a recap. I don't know. But the first movie referenced is in the first line. Michael Rainey was there the day the earth stood still But he told us where we stand This, of course, refers to The Day the Earth Stood Still from 1951, based on the story Farewell to the Master by Henry Bates. It's black and white, 92 minutes, directed by Robert Weiss. The budget was 995000 and the box office was $1.85 million wow. back in 1951. Gort is 7 foot 7 inches, or well, the actor that played Gort is 7 foot 7 inches tall. Not sure if his boots made him a little taller or the helmet did, but... Damn. I did not do a kill count on this movie, but I don't think it's very high. I don't think that, yeah, it's very high at all in this movie, if any. Gort zaps some weapons. Yeah, but yeah, he, he, he never he might... kills anybody. I'm trying to remember if he, he zaps two guards at one point. No, he knocks them out. Okay. He knocks them unconscious, but he doesn't zap. This movie was remade in 2008. And we'll talk about that a little bit after we talk about the main movie. I think there might have been a there might have been a higher kill count in that movie. Oh shit, yeah. Uh, There's a really high kill count in that movie. There's this the uh, uh somebody online here thinks that the two sentries got killed. They might have been knocked out. And they're counting Klatu as a body count, but he gets better. Yes, this movie is very famous for the line Klatu Barada Nikto. It is referenced in other movies like The Evil Dead and there's some Star Wars aliens species who were named the Klaatoans and Baradans or something like that or one of them 
can't remember if it's the species or the character's name. I think Barada is a Nikto. <laughs> uh, I think there's a, I think Barada belongs to the Nikto species. And then there's a one named Klatu. I don't know. Uh, Honeybee, have you ever seen this movie before? Never. Never. Uh, it is, it is a classic. I first saw it a long time ago. I don't remember how long ago. And the only reason I owned a copy of this remake was because it came with a bonus disc that had the original. <laughs> and at the time, that was the only way it wasn't. The original wasn't available separately at that time. It was only available. They were forcing you to buy the new one. Damn it. The old one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it came with a digital copy of the new one, but not a digital copy of the old one. Ooh. But it was on sale recently, so I bought a digital copy anyway. I'd like to have that backup. Plus, it meant you could watch it. So, Hell yeah. There you go. Well, what are your initial impressions of this movie? I loved this movie. I loved it so much. I thought it was so good and so wholesome. I loved all <laughs> of the characters. And yeah, I thought it was such a good movie. I really loved Clatu slash Mr. Carpenter question mark. Carter? Yes. Carpenter? Carpenter. Carpenter, Carpenter yeah. He uses He was um I love you know, I know that you hate um Avatar or didn't like Avatar I or whatever, which did not we totally disagree about on that front, but I <laughs> okay. feel like this is the opposite of that. Like this is like the opposite of Avatar. Like in Avatar, right? The guy from Earth goes to the aliens and has to learn how to be like a great human and like a good person, and like because people from Earth suck. But in this film, it's like reversed, where the alien has to go to Earth and just realize mm -hmm. how shitty people are. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> And so it, it made me laugh in that in that way of like it's kind of the, like a reverse Avatar story in that way. I see. I mean, well, I liked Avatar better the first time I saw it when it was called Dances with Wolves. Okay, that's hilarious. Yeah. Don't get me started on Avatar. Okay, I won't. The hero is just a, can you remember his name? I can't remember his name. Couldn't tell you the actor's name. Don't give a crap about him. Unobtainium. Well, I... Okay, anyway. Yeah, that sequel's finally coming out. I know, I can't fucking wait. Yeah, I, I can very much wait. <laughs> <laughs> I will be waiting for it to come on TV to watch it for free. Uh, well, I'm very I glad will... you liked the day. That... Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved the characters. I loved um, Platu. I loved, oh, and the woman, the mom... She, I couldn't figure uh -huh. out where I knew her from for a while, but it's Breakfast at Tiffany's. She's the quote-unquote yep. decorator. Yeah, she's in that. She's uh, in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so it was really cool to see her like a little bit younger in, in, in the lead role. It was nice to see that. I really loved the movie. I loved, was it Bobby? Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I, I was surprised that I had not seen it, honestly. So let's uh, get into the plot here. When a flying saucer lands in Washington, D.C., the United States Army quickly surrounds it. A humanoid emerges and announces that he comes in peace and with goodwill. When he unexpectedly opens a small device, he is shot and wounded by a nervous soldier. We immediately just show our whole ass to this alien. 
which is I feel like pretty accurate. Yeah. 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 A tall robot emerges from the saucer and quickly disintegrates the army's weapons. Can I just say really quick that I love Gort? Mm-hmm. I I love I love Gort. I'm not even Gort's sure why. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Does he make you feel safe? Yeah, I guess so. I, yeah, I like the I love the design of the ship, oh. and uh, Gort Gort's very nice and simple. Not too many uh, doodads or anything. Just very functional. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the alien orders the robot Gort to desist. He explains that the now broken device was a gift for the president of the United States that would have enabled him to study life on other planets. The alien Klaatu, played by Michael Rainey, yeah, is take. <laughs> what, what are you saying? I think if he wasn't an alien, I wouldn't give a shit. But like, because he's an alien, I'm like, nice. Uh, He's taken to Walter Reed Army Hospital. After surgery, he uses a salve to quickly heal his wound. Meanwhile, the army tries, but is unable to enter the saucer. Groot stands outside, silent and unmoving. Klato tells the president's secretary, Mr. Harley, that he has a message that must be delivered to all the world's leaders simultaneously. Harley tells him that in the current world situation, this is impossible. Klaatu proposes to spend time among ordinary humans to better understand their unreasoning, suspicious attitudes. Basically, fuck your petty squabbles. Yes. <laughs> Harley rejects the proposal and Klaatu is kept under guard. Kla- so Klaatu escapes, steals some clothes, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and moves into a boarding house as Mr. Carpenter, using the name Major John Carpenter on the dry cleaning tag of the on the suit he acquired. I think they were just there at the hospital. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, among the residents are young widow Helen Benson and her son Bobby. Klaatu becomes a mentor to Bobby. Helen's suitor, Tom Stevens, becomes jealous of this Mr. Carpenter. Yeah, Tom's yeah, boo! Around. He's like the shittiest, like he's like the only part of the movie that sucks, but like that's necessary. He's the necessary yeah, yeah. suck of the movie. Yes. So, I mean, as I as soon as, I mean, I, I I've seen this movie a number of times before, so it's hard to tell how much I was just remembering. But as soon as I see that kid doesn't have a father, I'm like, oh, he died in the war. Oh. This was probably a pretty common circumstance at the time this movie was made. Yeah, totally. A lot of young widows with young kids, and so yeah, uh, yeah. I I loved this. Uh, this. I loved Bobby. I loved the dynamic. I loved how when, you know, Helen is walking Mr. Carpenter through the house and Bobby's like, la, 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 like just very like asking him all these questions. And like, she's like, yep. we promise he's a good kid. And he, he is really quiet. And, you know, it's just yeah. so funny. And I just loved it. It was so wholesome and felt so good. I really loved Plateau's attitude through the movie and Mm -hmm. like about the humans and he just seems very wise and compassionate and all of these things in this movie yes and he's just trying to learn things and gather information and he just is such a good guy yeah and he's got a real warmth about him yeah he does that i feel is really lacking in the remake there's a lot going on in that (laughs) remake so we will get to that. Yes, yes. The boy takes Klaatu on a tour of the city, including a visit to his father's grave, 
in Arlington National Cemetery. Mm. Klaatu learns that most of the deceased are soldiers killed in wars. And this has a big impact on Klaatu. He's like, did all, he's looking out at all the graves. And if I don't know if you've ever been to Arlington, but it's just row on row of nearly identical little white military headstones. Yeah, I, I haven't been to Arlington, but my sister actually is, uh, has like, a, like it's the same thing. And I think it's Abilene. Mm -hmm. Um, where it's like a military cemetery and it's just like rows and rows and rows of those white headstones that are all. Yeah. Yeah. And he just looks out at all of these and he's like, all these all died in wars, which we will find out is part of why Klaatu is here. Mm -hmm. Klaatu asks Bobby, who is the greatest living person? And Bobby suggests Professor Barnhart. Because he's like, what do you mean by that? Bobby figures out that maybe the smartest person is the greatest person. It might be who he he needs. I I think he asked them this after they visit the Lincoln Memorial. Mm -hmm. And it's just clear from the quotes on the wall and just from, you know, the size of the statue and everything that this was a great man. Hey, by the way, who's the greatest guy right now? Mm -hmm. And he tells him it's Dr. Professor Barnhart, which I... I, um, you know, I think that's part of the whole point of this movie, that the great man is a scientist and not a soldier or a politician or something like that. Yeah. So this is a very political movie. Yeah. And I see so many dumbasses on the Internet who complain about science fiction being too political. Mm-hmm. It's particularly ludicrous when they're complaining about either Star Trek or Star Wars. <laughs> it's it's these right-wing dumbasses who liked this thing when they were kids and didn't understand the politics. And now that they're old enough to see the politics in any new stuff, they get upset about it. And they don't understand that, one, everything's political. But two, science fiction particularly has always been political. It's part of what it does is explores what the outcomes of, not just what the outcomes of uh, science itself, science and technology, mm-hmm. but what those impacts on will be on society. Yeah. Or what totally. direction is society moving in? It uses the pretense of science fiction to explore where society is going or where it should go or to warn against where it might go. Mm-hmm. And this has always been an element of science fiction. But these dumbasses on the Internet, they just want to watch some entertaining adventure and don't want any politics in it. Mm -hmm. And what they don't understand when I say everything's political, even if you make a nice, safe little whatever TV show, science fiction show, sitcom, whatever, if you make a nice little safe thing that is not questioning the status quo at all. Yeah, that's still a political statement. That political statement is everything's fine. (laughs) There's nothing to be concerned about. Everything is fine the way it is. Mm -hmm. And that is also a political statement. So anyway, uh, this (laughs) hitting us with the truth today. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But this movie back in 1951, just like Godzilla was when it was when it was made. Yeah, this movie is making making a specific political statement about the direction we could be going in. So uh, they go to visit 
Dr. Professor Barnhart, but he's not home. And Klaatu enters the house. Barnhart's blackboard is covered with equations, and Klaatu adds to them after being discovered by the housekeeper, leaves his contact information. So he basically finishes a problem the professor's been working on. Yeah, which this, something this part confused me just a little bit because of the conversation that they eventually have. When he is like, I use this equation to go from one plant to the other. But then he's like, tells the professor that the reason why he's here and such is because if we find out how to travel from one plant to the other, then we're fucked. And I'm like, well, then why the hell did you finish the math equation? <laughs> well, it's not it's not just us traveling. That's OK. It's if we take our warlike ways off the planet with us. Right. Which he, at that point. He knows that we will like that's just our nature or whatever right, right. and so i'm like well then why did you finish the math equation now you take him all of the you're supposed to do that after right. we like make a truce or something right. i just thought it was very like it was kind of funny like a little strange yeah. to do so early on like wait a second right. wait a second but he needed to uh, give barnhard a reason to contact him to, yeah to trust him, him had, and contact him yeah he had information Right. That evening, a government agent escorts Klaatu to Barnhart. <laughs> There's, uh, throughout the thing, you know, they're like, who is this Mr. Carpenter? And Bobby's like, oh, he's great. Do you think he might be a spy? Do you think he might be... An FBI whenever agent, anything question- yeah, when, whenever anything questionable comes up about it, uh, him, <laughs> Bobby's equally excited whether he might be a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah. He doesn't care. <laughs> So he appears to be arrested in front of the whole boarding house, or at least in front of Bobby and his mother. Mm -hmm. And Bobby's just like, why did they come take him away? Is he a spy or something? (laughs) Maybe he's a jewel thief. Maybe he's a... Oh, yeah, he he has diamonds with him for currency. Gives Bobby one in exchange for $2 so they can go to the movie. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what movie they went to, but I hope it was good. And, yeah, at some point, uh, the boyfriend, yeah, I think about this point, they, Bobby, they find out about the diamonds and uh, the boyfriend, this makes the boyfriend very suspicious, and he takes them to get them appraised to see if they're real. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he, he gets t- taken by the government agents to go see Dr. Barnhart. So it's not clear what Dr. Barnhart's job is, but he must be working for the government on nuclear shit or something if he can just call some soldiers and have them go pick mm-hmm. up somebody for him. Klaatu tells Barnhart that the people of other planets are concerned about Earth's possible aggression now that humanity has developed rockets and rudimentary atomic power. He states that if his message is ignored, Earth could be eliminated. Barnhart agrees to gather scientists from around the world at the saucer. He also suggests that Klaatu demonstrate his power. Klaatu returns to his spaceship, unaware that Bobby is following him. Bobby watches as Gort knocks out two guards to help Klaatu re-enter the saucer. So I'm going to stop you here, because at this point, Bobby's mom's boyfriend is kind of like, you're spending too much time, he's spending, Mr. Carpenter's spending too much time with you and what's-his-face, and and this needs to stop, and blah, 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 and they leave, they go on a date, but before they do, she tells him, hey, Bobby, maybe you shouldn't spend so much time with Mr. Carpenter, like maybe like it like let's back off a little bit. And then she goes on her date and then Mr. Carpenter comes in the room and he's like, Hey Bobby, you got a flashlight? And he's like, Yeah, what do you need it for? And he's like, the light went off in my room. And he's like, Oh, okay, no problem. 
he gives him the flashlight and then he hears something or whatever so he goes to look and he sees mr carpenter's shadow on the the hallway wall so he knows that his light is working from his room and then he kind of turns it off and goes so then he follows him and at this point in the movie i really loved their relationship bobby's and mr carpenter's their relationship is so sweet Mm -hmm. of like you know both of them just being so innocent and really pure and (laughs) and like uh you know mr carpenter doesn't really know any he's like learning all of this stuff about earth and then bobby's like just so innocent like takes the diamonds and gives him the money and la 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 la, all of this stuff so when this is important to me right i'm invested in this this is all like uh, important uh and like I'm like really invested in this relationship and in this kind of uh, evolution of it. And so now Bobby's like, oh, he's lying to me. And he like follows him. Right. And he follows him and he sees this mm-hmm. stuff. And at this point, like where we are, like what you're saying, like when he knocks the two guards out and stuff and we see all of this, you're like, I'm like, oh no, like I'm so worried about Bobby, <laughs> like thinking that he's bad or like that he's, you know, and at some point in the film, we kind of fall off of this storyline, like the Bobby, Mr. Carpenter relationship storyline, I feel like. I feel like at this point somewhere, like when Bobby goes home and like tells his mom all of this stuff and they kind of find out like they're not sure if he's telling the truth or not, then it kind of just, there is really no more Bobby in the movie you know but they have you uh-huh. so invested in their relationship and like and now i don't know i was this is like one of the disappointments of the movie for me is that they kind of end they this this kind of ends somewhere around here the bobby mr carpenter thing and i was so worried like did did bobby did, was it ever explained that like he wasn't lying to him and that he was a good guy and la 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 like <laughs> They were so close, and he even says at one right. point, he's like, he's my best friend, and it's so sweet, and then it just kind of like, the the movie just kind of goes on, and you never kind of, you never really get any closure with that situation, yeah. so I yes, like, it's only um, it's only 92 minutes, and they don't waste a whole lot of time, so yeah. that, not that it would have been a waste, but yes, there's never a proper... There's never a goodbye between yeah. Bobby and, and this Clark is kind too. of important to me too because in the next movie the relationship is, and the kid it's, it's like it's just so different. Shortly the relationship is about to switch between Bobby and Klaatu and Klaatu and uh, the mother. Helen, yeah. Helen, Helen. Hel- Bobby's been his uh, accomplice <laughs> yeah. up to this point and now Helen's about to become his accomplice yeah so tom apparently has been trying to get helen to agree to marry him and she's not said yes but hasn't said no either she's given him a i need to think about it i I think part of it is because of bobby yeah but but that might also just be an excuse maybe she just doesn't really i don't think if bobby wasn't there i mean yeah she has to be sensitive about it, the kid's feelings on the situation but i'm not convinced that if the kid weren't there she'd marry him anyway Same. i think she's just hanging out with him right now until something better comes along Aww. or until she figures out she doesn't need a man but then handsome alien comes along but that doesn't 
that's not where this movie ends up either. It's just because of him that she re- that Tom shows his true nature and she realizes no. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Clatsy returns to his spaceship, unaware that Bobby's following him. Bobby watches as Gort knocks out two guards to help Clatsy re-enter the saucer. Bobby runs home and tells Helen she does not believe him, but Tom is suspicious. The next day, for half an hour, starting at noon, Washington time, all electrical equipment on Earth ceases to operate except for essential services such as hospitals and airplanes in flight. Mm-hmm. Because until, until they said that, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, they talk uh, about how they want, he wants to, he needs to do something dramatic, but not dr- destructive. Mm-hmm. So the, so, so he doesn't I w- want anybody I was to thinking, die. Right. And I was thinking, how is this not destructive until they specifically tell us? Yeah. No airplanes conked out in midair. Yeah. And the hospitals were still going. Klaatu learns that Bobby watched him the previous night. He visits Helen at work, reveals his purpose on Earth, and asks that she not betray him. Actually, the power goes out while this visit is happening, so they're stuck on the elevator for a half hour where he tells her what's going on. Mm -hmm. Helen asks Tom to keep Klaatu's identity secret, but already in the process of alerting the military, he refuses to listen. (laughs) And his reason, though, he clearly is doing it for self-aggrandizement yeah he's like hey i'm about to be a big shot you'll yeah, be lucky I'm gonna to be, be with me i'm gonna be a big gonna be a big man look at my name in the paper exactly and which is when she realizes oh i don't i don't need to be with you yeah you are an asshole helen and klaatu rush to barnhart's house they hope that barnhart can hide klaatu until the meeting later that evening Klaatu tells Helen that if anything should happen to him, she must go to Gort and say, <laughs> Klaatu Barada Nikto. Yay! We have never been told what exactly it means. this phrase means, <laughs> but it's basically Klaatu says, stand down, something like that. Something happened to Klaatu and you gotta <laughs> be an ally. Don't kill everyone. Be cool. Be cool. <laughs> Be cool. Chill, bro. Chill. Now, Chill. in accepting the AFI Lifetime Achievement Award in 1998, director Robert Weiss closed his remarks by saying, I'd like to say Klaatu Barada Nikto, which roughly translated tonight means, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. No. So <laughs> that's not what it means in the movie, of course. But So uh, the army tracks them down in their taxi. Klaatu is shot dead. With a machine gun. I only know it was a machine gun because the subtitle said machine gun shots. <laughs> <laughs> His body is taken to a nearby police station cell. Helen rushes to the saucer and speaks the phrase. Hearing Klaatu's words, Gort retrieves Klaatu's body and revives him. Well, he picks up Helen and takes her into the ship yeah. first, though, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think... I read that although the actor was tall, he wasn't that strong. So they, we don't see Gort pick her up. He's just suddenly carrying, carrying her. her. Yeah. So they had to kind of pick her up and put her in his arms. I think also just bending over in that outfit would have been yeah uh, prohibitive. <laughs> so yeah, Gort retrieves Klaatu's body and revives him. Though Klaatu tells Helen that his revival is only temporary. I don't remember that part Me either. So I guess he's I guess he's gonna die later. Klaatu tells Barnhart's assembled scientists that an interplanetary organization has created a police force of invincible robots like Gort. 
In matters of aggression, we have given them absolute power over us, Klaatu concludes. Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace, or pursue your present course and face obliteration. We shall be waiting for your answer. Klaatu and Gort depart in the saucer. There's this one part <laughs> here, too, where Klaatu is talking to Gort, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, Gort, but Ringa, Gort. But Ringa, and obviously you never <laughs> know what that means either, but it's just right. funny because it's but Ringa. <laughs> <laughs> they, they remind me a little bit of Peacemaker in that uh, I love peace so much I'm willing to kill for it. Uh, They're just like, yes, we will have peace in the galaxy. Or we'll kill all of you. <laughs> if, if Even if we have to destroy your entire planet to achieve it. Thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, a classic, even though they are, do come off a little bit like space fascists in that. So, These are the rules. Break them and die. But it's really about us, not about them. It's about, yeah, hey, and... we, we cannot run our planet right and we're trying to leave it. And we can't take our nonsense out into space with us. Yeah. My last line, or my last line, my last note is, what the hell, where is Bobby, and how does he feel? <laughs> yeah, it. I think, I was going to say, if this movie were made now, if this movie were made in 2008, Klaatu and Bobby would have a little bit of closure. And I think they do in the sequel. Yeah. In spite of all that, I give this movie five stars. Yeah, man, it's a great, it is a great movie. I was super surprised. I loved it. Yeah, definitely five stars. I am so glad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't think either of us felt the same way about the 2008 remake. I knew <sighs> that you hated it before I even watched it because I know that you, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember why, but I think one time I heard you say like, fuck Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so when I heard that we were watching Keanu Reeves movie, I was like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. And then I watched it and, and a lot of the movie I was like, what? Like, why is what but at the end i feel like the way that everything was tied like i feel like everything i feel like the ending made everything in the movie that was like what the fuck kind of okay like it made it an okay movie i don't think um, i hated it as much as you probably did well okay by all accounts keanu reeves is a lovely person <laughs> and i have enjoyed a few movies he's been in okay okay but but there are others that i have not enjoyed i think he has limitations okay as an as a performer and his talents are suited to some roles and not to others i like okay. bill and ted i like john wick i do not care for the matrix 
I did not care for his performance in Much Ado About Nothing. Didn't see it. He has a line uh, to the effect of, I'm a man of few words. And we're all like, well, thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Watching this movie again, I didn't hate it quite as much as I did the first time I saw it. Well, that's good. Because originally you're just like, what? They're remaking The Day the Earth Stood Still and they're doing it with Keanu fucking Reeves? Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like that coming out and being like, oh my gosh, The Day the Earth Stood Still, they're remaking it. And then watching this is like, that's shocking. It was nominated for the Razzie for Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. Oh. But it lost out to... Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I cannot Shut argue with that. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a much worse movie. <laughs> Damn it. This is, uh, it's in color. It's 103 minutes. Scott Derrickson is the director. The budget was $80 million and the box office was $233.1 million. Wow. Gort is 28 feet tall. Until bigger, I think. Yes, I, think I love bigger. I love Gort. I love Gort in this movie just as much, if not more. Um, I didn't like the uh, military acronym, like why they had to, why they felt like they needed to explain what Gort's name was, which was genetically organized robotic <laughs> technology. It was like kind of annoying, yes. but I loved Gort. I loved how much more he. Uh, I I guess. He was a little more angry in this movie. Yeah. Like he had some more, like, turns, his eyes he, moved and shit. Like. But then he turns into a nano swarm. Which was, I, I loved that. I thought, I was like. Oh, you did? Yeah, I was like, that is dope. They do indicate in the original movie that Gort could destroy the whole planet. That he's extremely powerful. We only see a little bit of that power. But this Gort could, yeah, he can destroy the whole planet because he can turn into a nano swarm and just deconstruct everything i really loved how they showed like the little nano little uh bugs like just uh splitting apart and becoming Mm -hmm. more and more and more and then just basically yeah devouring everything in its path i thought it was i I loved that i thought it was sick gort was amazing in both and i liked the modern things that they gave to gort in this film I didn't particularly enjoy the kid, like, in the beginning. I was kind of like, why is this kid such a kid? Yeah. But I love, I love Jaden, like, love, you know, I, and he's such an amazing actor. And I feel like even at the end when he's, like, having his, like, breakdown cry moment, it just made the character for me because just the acting is just for being that young i don't know he's just he's great right well so yeah let's 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 step back and mention that jaden smith plays the kid jacob benson not bobby benson jacob benson Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) robbie benson was a big actor in the 70s doesn't he isn't he also the beast (laughs) in beauty and the beast no idea. Anyway, but that's not in either of these movies. For some reason, they've changed his name from Bobby to Jacob. And uh, Helen Benson is played by Jennifer Connelly. Uh, Always like to see Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. 
She's so Ever beautiful. Since Labyrinth. Keanu Reeves, of course, plays Klaatu. He also plays just some mountaineer back in 1928. Mm-hmm. Like where he finds his human form. <laughs> yeah, this, I don't know why they, I don't know. I guess in the 50s, it was fine if aliens just looked like humans. Mm-hmm. But in 2008, they felt a need to explain why he looked like a human. Yeah. So back in 1928, this mountaineer just comes across this glowing sphere that then takes a DNA sample from him. Yeah. And then years later, uses that DNA sample to create some kind of avatar for Klaatu. Because Klaatu talks about this body mm-hmm. as if I'm inhabiting this body, but it's not my normal body. Right. There's big people in this movie. Yeah, totally. I'm sure this all looked I'm sure this all looked good on paper. Let's just go through who. Keanu Reeves, Jennifer Connelly, Jaden Smith, John Cleese as Professor Carl Bernhardt, mm-hmm. John Hamm as Michael Grainier. He doesn't really have a counterpart in the other movie because he's he, he's somebody that knows Helen, but he's not her boyfriend or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, he's more of a co a coworker, a friendly coworker, mm-hmm. or somebody that she used to work with. Who he wants her on board once the aliens are discovered. He he wants her on board the team. Kathy Bates as Regina Jackson, the Secretary of Defense. Mm-hmm. She heads up the whole thing. The president's only ever on the phone. We don't see the president. In the other movie, we never saw the president. We saw the president's secretary. Yeah. Uh, which made it seem like personal secretary, not secretary of a department. Mm-hmm. But this one, it's Secretary of Defense. And James Hong as Mr. Wu, who is another alien who's part of like the advanced team. He's been living here for years. He's been living here so long that even though he thinks we should all be destroyed, he wants to stay here and be destroyed with us. Yeah, like 74 years or something. Yeah. the James Hong is great. He is in, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. James Hong is in that. He's in a million things. You've seen him in thousands of things over Mm -hmm. the years, I'm sure. But he's still in stuff right now. He's in a movie that's out right now. And uh, he's just the best. But he's only in one scene in this movie. Yeah. Still, even back then, getting James Hong to just come in and be in one scene, that, that was still not, that wasn't nothing. So the original was about, you know, nuclear power and nuclear war, the potential for nuclear war being taken into outer space. This movie is more about ecological concerns. <laughs> Yeah, that not that we're going to take anything off the planet, but that we are destroying our planet and the aliens are here to protect the rest of the planet from us. Mm-hmm. There's some confusion because he says, I'm here to save the Earth. And then later, Jennifer Connelly's like, I thought you said you were here to save us. And you're like, no, I said, I'm here to save the Earth because mm-hmm. you guys are fucking it up. Yeah. And, I, and that makes sense to make it about a current concern. Yeah. You know, that's what science that's what science fiction does. And I think the reason Gort becomes a nanoswarm is because nanotechnology was kind of a big thing at the time. There were a number of movies around that time that threw that idea around. It doesn't seem to have gone anywhere, so nobody talks about it much anymore. Maybe it'll come up again, but there was a time when it looked like if we can just make the robots small enough, we can do anything with them. Mm-hmm. But it may be that we've just concluded, nope. Can't make the robots small enough. <laughs> Try as we might. Can't make them small enough. 
but I'm sure somewhere somebody is still working on it. Basically, the conflict in this movie, though, is to... Because the other Klaatu came to give us a warning. Mm-hmm. Seems like this Klaatu... Well, he wants to give us a warning, but then when he's not allowed to speak to the UN... So he's landed in New York, not in D.C., because he's landed in New York to go talk to the U.N. Mm-hmm. And they won't let him. So he's like, all right, I guess it's just time to initiate, plan, <laughs> wipe out all the humans. Yeah, there's also this other fucking moment that's real weird where he where he kind of has this weird moment of like, OK, well, I'm just going to do this random fucking thing with that, like, for no reason. When they stop him, it's like a cop and the cop is like, he's like, freeze or whatever. And he, like, puts his hand on this car and it, like, runs over the cop and, like, kills the cop. But then yeah. he, like, brings the cop yeah. back to life. I was like, what the? F-? Yeah. Like, he was just like, hey, like, look what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> but then Jaden thinks that he can bring his father. Oh, so we didn't. So in this version, I don't know why they did it this way, unless it's just to reflect the kind of families we have now that are more common. Jennifer Connelly is still a widow. But Jacob is not her son. He's her stepson. Yeah, his mom died when he was a baby, and then his dad died. Yeah, they have a strained relationship because he kind of has this you're not my real mom attitude. And she is trying to be his real mom. She clearly cares about him, but he has this, well, she's just taking care of me because she got stuck with me Mm -hmm. attitude. He's a real little shit. I didn't like him. I did not care for him at all. Yeah. And in fact, he's like, that guy's an alien. We should kill him. Mm-hmm. That's we what need dad to would turn do. him in and kill him. Yep. Dad would kill him. And so they have to mend or, or not even mend, but just develop their relationship. And the relationship between him and Klaatu, the relationship between him and his stepmother is bad. The relationship between him and Klaatu is bad. Then when he sees, when he sees Klaatu bring somebody back to life, he thinks Klaatu can bring his father back to life. Mm-hmm. sort of tricks Klaatu into going to his father's grave with him, which is just dumb. There's just such a big difference between fixing somebody who just now got broken and ha- and sure, fixing he's, someone who's he's been... He's a young kid. Fixing so. someone who's... He's not that yet. Fixing somebody who's been embalmed and buried in the ground for a year or two is a much bigger task. Yeah, but how old is he? Than, how old is the kid supposed to be? I don't know. It seemed like he should have. I mean, I understand. Maybe he just He's, had no idea what the limit. I mean, yeah, this alien did something impossible. Maybe he can do anything impossible. But no. I, it was worth a try, I guess. He was 10 in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it was worth a try. Let's see if he yeah, can. Yeah, totally. And, and, and like, like you said, like, the, like, I was like, damn, going from Bobby to jacob i was like it was such a drastic difference i was like damn why is this kid being such an ass and like yeah like the like his dad is dead blah blah and like as the movie progressed you really like i feel like you get it by the end of the movie because jaden smith is a brilliant fucking actor even at 10 years old and he and you know you have that moment of like the humanity and Klaatu seeing the humanity and seeing like okay like people there's this whole speech too that he has with dr barnhart where he says something like we change when we're forced to like we change on the principle or whatever he says like and then precipice yeah precipice yeah and he's like klaatu's like oh okay i see he has this like sees this moment of jacob and helen i don't think her name's helen in this movie fixing their uh 
shit and like sees them like no it's Helen it's still oh is it okay it's Helen so like when and when he when, when the swarm when the nano swarm starts hitting them and he looks at her and he's and he calls her mom and it's just like this whole moment and and I feel like through the like scene with the gravesite through this moment with Helen through like the Klaatu uh Jacob relationship it kind of like answers all of those questions of like why is it so different like why is it you know because you're going from this really wholesome movie from 1951 to something very different that like you can see where the ideas are like based or like you can see like they're still you know like gore and stuff like that but it's just very different and I kind of feel like the acting in these like final scenes kind of ties all of that together so I don't know it's so hard to say whether or not that makes it a good remake though you know what I mean yeah well I just you know watching them back to back it's just Keanu I mean I think they were going with okay he's an alien he doesn't have human emotions and whatever mm-hmm. but he just lacked any sort of warmth that yeah. Michael Rainey had yeah. And yeah, they they decide there's got to be a bunch of a bunch more inner human conflict. So the kid's got to be a brat. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't need it, you know. <laughs> I I was Fuck I was fine kid. having a nice kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm as big a fan as Jaden in general as you are. Uh I'm not saying he's bad. I just He's, he's, I guess I'm kind of Jaden neutral. I, I'm a fan. I like John Hamm and like uh, John Cleese. But yeah, I think it, the whole thing just lacked any sort of warmth for me. And even Jennifer Connelly, although I love her, she was just kind of bleh. Oh. I didn't feel like gave her a whole lot to work with. Yeah. She is a lady scientist. Yeah. She's an astrobiologist. That's why she's pulled. She doesn't just happen to run into the alien like in the original. Mm-hmm. She is brought into the situation on purpose. Yeah. Because she's smart and she knows stuff. Not sure that it actually ends up impacting the story, though. I mean, yeah, she ends up as a person impacting the story, but the fact that she's an astrobiologist doesn't really seem to play into other than giving her a reason to be on the team. Yeah, the only, basically to. the reason why she gets so close to him is because she it, she volunteers to be the doctor that administers this drug that's supposed to get him to tell the truth or whatever. So that's yes. the only reason yeah. why she continues to be close to him is because the government thinks yeah. that they can trust her. And she's basically like trying to she's trusting her instincts and in saving this alien because she thinks he's here to help us. Yeah. She doesn't realize that yeah. he's there to destroy earth or whatever but he he does so klatu i mean uh gort starts initiating the uh final solution on the humans and klatu does decide to try to stop him Mm -hmm. oh i wanted to mention that they do say klatu barata nikto in this movie yeah but not so as you'd notice and that apparently was at keanu reeves insistence so good for him yeah he says it at the beginning. At the very beginning. Yeah, right after the blood spat. Like, right after they shoot. Like, what up? Yeah, because we yeah we still get the... He comes out... So the ship in this is a, just a big glowing, orb. giant glowing ball. And then we find out that there's smaller orbs around the planet. 
and I guess once the plan gets activated, these other cool orbs will activate. Uh, but I did not care for that look. I like how they made it like it's an arc, like they're trying to get species off the planet to take them to another planet. Oh, that's right. So that that's right. Can... The small orbs were gathering up. Yeah, they were gathering the, the species. Gathering samples. And they're like, it's like uh, it's an arc. And then he's like, well, what comes next? And she's like, the flood. And then it's like, you know, all these like nanobots. Yeah. And then the nanobots seem to be uh, disassembling all the man-made stuff. Mm-hmm. But eventually uh, Keanu is... Oh, so anyway, I think they just didn't want to put what now has become a cliched flying saucer design. They mm-hmm. wanted something that was more alien. So they just, you know, well, I guess an alien might just use a big ball of energy. Yeah. But they still do the thing with he he, he comes out and gets shot immediately. <laughs> And Gort comes out and starts to just start kicking everyone's ass. And he says, Klaatu Baranik too. But yeah. they distort his voice so much that if you're not really listening for it, you don't realize it. So it's more of an Easter egg, really. Yeah. Uh, I definitely wrote it down as soon as I heard it. But then I was like, oh, it's different. And then when they said, like, we're calling it Gort because it's a genetically organized robotic technology. I was like, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was dumb. <laughs> Oh, it says here that uh, Smith said he found Jacob difficult to play because he felt the character opposite to his personality. He did That's such a good call job. It acting. Yes, it's acting. acting. Smith had met Reeves before on the set of the Matrix sequels, which featured his mother, Jada Pinkett Smith. I did not realize that. Yeah. Oh, it says here that his relationship with Helen was written as a microcosm of how Klato comes to see humanity. The alien sees their cold and distant relationship as normal human behavior. And their reconciliation forces him to change his mind. They were trying to do deep shit in this movie, but I just don't feel like it. Yeah, totally. Quite worked. Like, I feel like I, I, I obviously liked it more than you did in the sense of like I feel like it yeah. worked a little bit better than you did. I, I, I didn't think like Jennifer's performance was like blah. I was like really into. I feel like I, the, going into it like okay, as you know, the day the Earth stood still. It's I could see where it's like there are things where it's just like, oh, man, like, what the hell? Like, that's not right. Or what the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't it was an all right movie. Actually, I, I did. I did enjoy it. Shamefully, I enjoyed it. So, uh, so in the end, uh, Klaatu stops the swarm by getting to the sphere and, and touching it. And this deactivates the swarm. And then he gets absorbed into it. Yeah, he has this really great moment where he talks about um, to Jacob. He's like, um, "Nothing, nothing actually dies, and energy just tra- yes. is transformed." And I, I, uh, I really love that. There, that was that was a good moment for me. Yeah, that was the closure his... I needed from the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, over his father's grave, he explains to him that nothing really dies. Uh, I mean, it does, but yes, that matter is matter becomes energy, energy becomes matter. It's all still here in the universe, mm-hmm. at least until the eventual heat death of the universe, in which the matter will all still be here. It'll just be inert. Anyway, it appears though that when, that he is um, humanity's going to have to pay a price. There's a price to the human way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like he's just going to leave the power off, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which is just going to lead to a, you know, post-apocalyptic hellscape 
you can't just you know you can encourage humanity to wean itself off of its ecologically destructive ways but if you just cut off the power then you're gonna create a mad max situation temporarily until somebody turns the power back on because that knowledge is still there and people are going to redevelop it in little pockets and it'll come back eventually they're just going to kill a lot of other humans while they're doing it well so i don't think that's okay as long as the earth survives so it doesn't really matter (laughs) but i'm saying it won't we're we're still gonna we i i doubtful that we'll learn our lesson because in that our nature in that in well we have to we have to make a choice to do better mm-hmm. and if you create a post-apocalyptic hellscape then the people who survive that are going to be the most ruthless selfish people who are going to figure out how to turn the power back on or they're going to enslave the people who are smart enough to turn the power back on and they're just going to go back to doing the shitty things they did before only more so because now there's nothing left but the ruthless assholes hmm i just figured people would start (laughs) farming and shit with the sun (laughs) some of them are gonna do that but the warlords are gonna institute feudalism again and it's it's going to be unpleasant for a long time yeah he should just kill us off (laughs) i'm not saying that either it's the it's the better thing to do and we all know it (laughs) (laughs) we all know it i mean you might end up with star trek eventually in the star trek universe there was a big uh upheaval that killed off a large percentage of humanity and they managed to come out the other side better for it but i'm a little pessimistic (laughs) so we gave the original five stars honeybee what are you going to give the sequel or i mean the remake um i am going to give the remake for well i'm kind of i'm maybe three i don't know i i feel like as far as a remake goes it's not a very good remake but i did feel like it was a pretty good movie does that make sense? Uh, I guess. Like, I, I, I liked the movie. I, I thought I, they're just so different. They're just so, so different. Mm-hmm. So, like, as far as a remake goes, I, I understand why they tried to like make everything modern and make real problems and make the things deep. And I really appreciated that. I liked it. I felt like it tied the questions of why did they do this? Why would they make this so different altogether in the end? And so, yeah, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It's not as good okay. as the first one and it's not a very good remake, but I did enjoy it as a film, like as a movie. Just on its own. Yeah. Like on its own. I'm going to give it, I'm going to be generous and give it two and a half stars. Oh. I think I originally gave it one star. <laughs> Damn. That makes sense. That totally, did, totally makes sense. But uh, watching it this time, I did try to sort of judge it on its own merits as well as judging it as a remake. Mm-hmm. And so I will. I'm being generous by giving it two and a half. Stars. Yeah, I could definitely see like if I had watched the day the Earth stood still, it like earlier in my life and loved it as much as I did, and then all of a sudden there there's a remake and i watched this film i would be devastated and i think i would hate it but because it didn't go that way for me as far as timing and i just watched them back to back 
um, you know, a few days ago or whatever, then it was just like, I, you know, it was different. I, I just enjoyed it. It wasn't so much as like, I had loved the day the earth stood still for so long and seen it so many times. And it was a classic for me. It was more like, this is just a movie for me. Oh, cool. I like that. And then this is just a movie for me. Like, Oh, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I could oh, see somebody... where it would be devastating. <laughs> Before we go, I do want to mention that somebody that was in the uh, original that we forgot to mention, Mrs. Barley was played by Francis Bavier. Okay. Bavier. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, most people, I don't know if you would know her. Most people would know her as Aunt B on the Andy Griffith Aww, show. And later Mayberry RFD. Yes, this was a few years before she played Aunt B. She was one of the people living in the boarding house. Was she running the boarding house? I think she was running the boarding house. Uh, I believe uh, Helen and Bobby were staying at the boarding house. Yeah, yeah. Uh And Mrs. Barley may have been the owner of the boarding house. So that was, that's fun. It's always fun in these old movies when you see somebody, uh, like we kept seeing Fred the Ziffel in uh, the 50s movies from uh, um, Green Acres. (laughs) Kept showing up in the giant insect movies. Yeah. So that... We'll wrap it up for this first special bonus episode. Thanks for being here, bonus episode people. So for now, that will do it for us. I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. Until next time, remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please do not misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. <laughs> You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg. Time time go! Time time go!